greatest weapon of all. First step in solving any problem is recognizing there is one. It's time you started talking. All we can ever do for our heroes is remember them. And they gave up two lives. The one they were living in and the one they would have lived. They gave up everything for our country, for us. They pray for freedom and justice. Some veterans are not getting the timely care that they need. Less than 1% of Americans serving in uniform. Good news is, is that in recent years, we've made historic investments to boost the VA budget. What is it? Why should we care? We should care about press freedom because... Because we were informed. In democratic societies, free, diverse, and pluralist media enable public debates and are essential checks You don't look satisfied. Let's discuss. Hi, welcome to Red to Red Podcast, new episode. Uh, U.S. Court of Appeals for Veterans Claims. If it's your first time listening, then thanks for coming. Thank you. Uh, as you see, you know, lately uh, it's, uh, our podcast uh, centered uh, around uh, law. Yeah, trying to give you guys better ideas on what the hell's going on when you file claims and hoping that it helps somebody out. Mm-hmm. So the United States uh, Court of Appeals for Veteran Claims is a national court of record established under Article 1 of the Constitution of the United States. Um, and the court has exclusive jurisdiction to provide judicial review of final decisions by the Board of Veterans Appeals, or BVA an entity with the Department of Veterans Affairs. So the CABC has exclusive jurisdiction to review all decision, decisions from the Board of Veterans Appeals. So the U.S. Court of uh, Veterans Appeals views its jurisdiction very narrowly at this time and extend it only to the final BVA decisions. So nothing else. Very specialized court. So let's go into details. The United States Court of Appeals for Veterans Claims, the CAVC, was created on November 18, 1988 by Public Law 101-687. Congress passed the Veterans Judicial Review Act, VJRA, (laughs) to ensure ensure veterans were not wrongfully denied without uh, judicial recourse the benefits that Congress had intended for them to receive. The CAVC is not part of the Department of Veterans Affairs. The CAVC is a federal court and part of the federal judicial system, which I always mix up with the California Veterans Court. Um, The U.S. Court of Appeals for Veterans Claims provides judicial review of the final decisions by the Board of Veterans Appeals, the BVA, or the Board. So a little bit of uh, history of um, of the court. The VJRA created a veteran-specific Article One Court of Appeals that give veterans, for the first time, expanded judicial review of decisions by the BVA. Not only did this ensure veterans had recourse against the improper denial of claims, but the implementation of judicial review caused by the BVA to make several significant improvements to its adjudication process. All of the liberally awarded benefits given to those who have served health care, education, disability compensation, life insurance, mortgage assistance, just to name a few, are not actually beneficial if the veteran must wait for years to receive them. 
All of these benefits are excellent and properly rewarded veterans for their service, but too many veterans are waiting far too long to receive these benefits they have earned. Many veterans are stuck in the claims and appeals process for years after filing a claim, still waiting to actually receive the benefits. When this article talks about benefits, it will be referred to the most common benefits sought by veterans, disability compensation, unless noted otherwise. In order to develop a claim for disability benefits, a veteran must prove, number one, the existence of a present disability, number two, an in-service incurrence or aggravation of a disease or injury, and three, a causal relationship between the present disability and the disease or injury incurred or aggravated during service. The CABC has exclusive jurisdiction to review all decisions from the Board of Veterans' Appeals. The U.S. Court of Veterans' Appeals views its jurisdiction very narrowly at this time and extends it only to the final BVA decisions. But we can argue that Congress gave CABC jurisdiction over even the BVA remand decisions also. Always worth arguing. The CABC is a federal court where all the appeals of veterans' claims denied at the BVA must be fi uh, filed. Appeals of the BVA decision cannot be filed at a federal court in your state. Furthermore, unlike all VA proceedings you might have previously been a part of, the CABC proceedings are adversarial, and this proceeding will be a review of the record only. This means that the VA no longer has duty under the Veterans Claim Assistance Act to assist the veteran in developing evidence and supporting his claim at the CAVC level. Another difference that the veteran should be aware of is the fact that without the assistance of the VCAA and the, the CAVC proceedings will not be a trial to submit new evidence. With limited exceptions, the court will only review the record and there will, only be, and there will not be any oral testimony. So they're literally reviewing whatever is in the record, and that's it. Yeah, but most likely by the time uh, they're going to view and review your case, it's going to be a big file. Yeah, especially if you're getting at that level. It's very rare for anybody to hit that level. So um, what about the Court of uh, Appeals for Veterans Claims Judges? So the judges at the Court of Appeals for Veterans Claims are appointed by the President of the United States and confirmed by the, Sten by the Senate for a term of either 13 or 15 years. The CAVC judge do not get a lifetime appointment. This is one of the distinctions of an Article I federal court. Article Three federal judges are lifetime appointments with narrow circumstances where they can be removed from office. Judges at the Court of Veteran Appeals as it is sometimes called, are designated active, senior, retired, or former. So, what about the rules? In order to ensure that the proceedings before it are orderly and fair, the Veterans Court publishes its rules of practice and procedures online. Before you take any action at the Veterans Court, it is best to consult the rules. Always know the rules of the game you're playing. Best odds to win. Mm -hmm. There are rules governing time timeliness of filing, requirements to uh, confer with the other party before filing certain motions, formatting rules, and the rules that govern the content and format of petitions, motions, and briefs before the CAVC. 
compliance with the rules are monitored by the clerk of the Court of Veterans Appeals at the CABC judges and the CABC judges. Your, lip, your ability to follow the court's rules may not directly impact the outcome of your case, but parties and especially attorneys who cannot follow the rules may have a role in reducing the Veterans Court judge's confidence in your substantiated le uh, legal position. So if you hire an attorney who doesn't know what he's doing and he's talking to a judge and he's pissing him off, it might not go too well. Yeah, so let's talk about attorneys. There are two types of attorneys at the Veteran Court. The appellant's attorney and the VA secretary attorney, the OGC attorney. The OGC attorney and the CAVC, they may be friendly and you should be friendly back, but they are not your friends. When you appeal to the Veterans Court, the OGC attorney uh, represents the secretary's interest and the government's interest, not the veteran's interest. So, realize this. The OGC has no duty to assist the veteran and they have a singular goal to win the case, which means you lose. So realize you need to know the rules of the game that you're playing because they absolutely do. This is one reason it is always a smart idea to hire an attorney with a CAVC appellant experience to represent you when you appeal your BVA decision to the Veterans Court. Nothing better than experience. Now, ethically, government attorneys are required to put justice as a priority over winning. And from time to time, that happens in the VA OGC. There are many good OGC attorneys who practice before the Veteran Court of Appeals, but they put the, veteran, uh, but they put the government's interest ahead of yours. The OGC attorneys at the Court of Veterans Appeals know the CABC procedure and rules very well and will use them to gain leverage in the case. This is one reason that it's always a smart idea to hire an attorney with the CAVC appellant experience to represent you when you appeal your BVA decision to the Veterans Court. Mm -hmm. Veterans attorneys at the CAVC, there are less than 50 attorneys who represent the majority of veterans at the court. The type of representation you get varies from firm to firm and you should take care to select an attorney who you like, trust, enjoying working with and who has enough experience to know the best course of action in your veteran court appeal. So don't just get mad. You want to pay attention to see who's going to help you and not just because somebody got a cool star rating, but do they know about your specific circumstances? Have they dealt with something like that? So uh, CAVC, uh, you can do a regular filling, paper filling, and they also have a e-filling option, like in, we have right now in uh, VA. Yeah. So a lot of people are pushing the electronic filing for everything in the world. But for me personally, I think person to person is always the best bet, especially when it comes to things like this. So in person is always a better vibe than hiring an attorney in Montana if you're in California. Yeah, there are several documents that you must file when you appeal a BVA decision to the Court of Appeals for Veterans Claims. The Notice of Appeal, the NOA, must be filed with the court within 120 days of the BVA decision date of an adverse ruling in your case. Number two, you must pay the $50 filing fee or use the CAVC Form 4 to request a hardship waiver of the fee. If you request a waiver of the CAVC filing fee, 
you'll not have to pay the $50 filing fee at the Federal Court of Appeals, uh, the Federal Circuit Court of Appeals. Should you have to appeal a CABC decision there? Designation of representative. If you hire a VA benefits attorney to represent you at the CABC, they will file these forms for you. You should do everything in your power to file a CABC appeal within 120 days of your BVA decision. The CABC is very strict about this deadline, and we know that they will reject your CABC appeal even if you are one minute late in filing. So once that clock hits midnight, all bets are off. Yeah, that said that there are some extreme, uh, uh, not extreme, <laughs> circumstances where the CABC should waive the deadline. This legal concept is called equitable uh, tolling of a deadline. The CABC does not like to apply this doctrine at all, and the Federal Circuit Court of Appeals wants the CABC to apply it more liberally. That means that uh, if you are late uh, filing your appeal, you should definitely hire an attorney to make the equitable tolling argument before the CAVC, as uh, it will almost certainly need to be reviewed by the Federal Circuit Court of Appeals. But just because you're lazy and late isn't an excuse to try to pull that. So make sure you have a good reason. So how, uh, how the VA benefit system should work? Should work. <laughs> <laughs> A veteran begins the process of applying for disability compensation by submitting a claim at one of the 57 regional offices around the country. If the veteran claim is approved by the regional office, he or she is granted the requested benefits according to the disability rating tables established by Congress. If the veteran is denied or in some way unsatisfied by any part of the decision, he or she may file notice of disagreement or NOD with the regional office and the VA will then create a statement of the case or an SOC stating why the laws and regulations used as a basis to deny the claim. If the veteran still is unsatisfied, he or she may appeal the decision to the Board of Veterans Appeals by submitting the Form 9 or the 10182 form to the regional office stating the reasons the veteran believes the regional office decision is incorrect. The BVA will review the regional office decision, affirm the decision if it believes the case was decided correctly, Remand the case back to the regional office if there is an error found in the decision or, or reverse the decision and order the regional office to award the benefits. Because of the pro-veteran nature of the system, the VA is not able to appeal the BVA decision favorable to the veteran. If, however, the BVA denies the veteran's claim, the veteran may appeal to the CABC, the first level of adversarial litigation and, and the entry point into the federal court system. When reviewing a decision of the BVA, the CAVC may reverse the decision and award the benefit requested, remand the case to the BVA for additional findings, or affirm the decision of the BVA and deny the request for benefits. The claim or the VA may appeal a CAVC decision to the United States uh, Court of Appeals for, fe for the federal's federal circuit by filing a notice of an appeal. Once the Federal Circuit renders a decision, the claimant or the VA has 90 days to petition the U.S. Supreme Court for review. As mentioned above, this process can take extremely long time. After a veteran files a claim, the VA has a self-imposed 
deadline of 125 days to complete the claim and either grant or deny the benefits. The decision is mailed from the regional office. The veteran has one year to file the notice of disagreement. Once the notice of disagreement is filed, the regional office is required to prepare the statement in the case. In 2013, on average, it took the VA about a year and a half, year, year and a half, to provide the veteran with an SOC. Therefore, at this stage in the claim process, assuming the VA meets the 125-day deadline to make an initial decision on the claim, the veteran has already waited 420 days on the lower end, but has still not even prefer, uh, perfected the appeal to the BVA. The next step after the veteran receives a statement of the case from the regional office is to submit the Form 9 or the 10182 form to the regional office to certify the appeal to the BVA. The certification stage leaves the veteran at the mercy of the regional office, which in fiscal year 2013 took an average of 725 days to complete. So if you're doing the math, uh, you're looking about two years at that level. And so you're looking well over a thousand days just to have an appeal certified to the BVA. Yeah, with the new system, it's, uh, it's slightly different. So we still are here rely on the yeah so the way they used to do it the numbers are definitely moving faster when it comes to the first level of the of a claim process and the second level for the most part but there's definitely a whole lot of bva stuff going on right now so that might start pushing back bva took approximately 235 days for a decision to be rendered in fiscal year 2013 bringing the total wait time to 100 1380 days if we assume the veteran is fortunate enough to not receive a remand by the BVA level, which in fiscal year occurred in 45% of the cases, the veteran may appeal to the CAVC for the first level of judicial review. And in 2014, that took about an average of 286 days from the filing of the, court of, of the appeal for the CAVC to dispose of the case. So if the veteran finally received an award of benefits at the CAVC, never having experienced a remand, the process would take around 1,600 days, which is over four and a half years, but that is not a very likely scenario since the CAVC remands over 70% of the cases it receives. It is likely the veteran will not receive the requested benefits and will be sent back to suffer through the cycle that led to the review of, at the CAVC in the first place. But that is not to say that there are not cases where the CAVC does not appropriately reverse the BVA and award the requested benefits in a more timely manner and right then and there. Yeah, a couple words about CAVC docket. So once you have filed your notice of appeal uh, with the Veterans Court of Appeals, your case will be assigned a docket number and placed on the CAVC docket. You will be notified of this by notice of docketing. That notice of CAVC docketing indicates that the court designates the parties, the veteran is the appellant, the party requesting appeal by the VA, BVA decision, and the VA is the appellee, the party defending the BVA decision. The VA secretary, represented by VA attorneys working for the VA's Office of General Counsel, the OGC, will first file a copy of the BVA decision with the Veterans Court. Be sure to review this BV, BVA decision. The VA makes several common errors when they file your BVA decision with the CAVC. 
misspelled name, wrong BVA decisions, multiple BVA decisions, BVA decisions with your private social security number, claim number, or home address, little goofy things. Uh, approximately 45 to 90 days after your case is um, registered or docketed, the secretary of the VA uh, through his uh, OGC attorney will serve a copy of the record before the agency on you and file uh, this record certificate of service with the Veterans Court. The RBA in theory is everything that was before the BVA at the time of your BVA decision. In reality, this file might be far less or far different. Sometimes the VA OGC only includes a copy of the VBMS record in your appeal. Other times they only include documents from your VA e-folder. This is the practice of a good attorney request a copy of the veteran's... Uh, a, it, is a, it is the practice of a good attorney request to request a copy of the veteran or survivor's C-file, the claim file, in every case before the Veterans Court of Appeals. Attorney meticulously compare the documents, the RBA, and the C-file, and note any differences which we believe may be material to the resolution of the appeal. Under Rule 10 of the Court of Veterans Appeals, you are entitled to dispute the content of record before the agency. Yeah. Uh, a couple words about TAVC Settlement Conference. Once the time to file, review, and dispute the RBA is over, you'll receive, a, receive two notices from the Clerk of Veterans Court. The first notice is called a 60-day brief notice. It requires you to file your principal brief within 60 calendar days. The second notice you'll get is to schedule the so-called Rule 33 conference. The Rule 33 conference is often mis mistakenly called a settlement conference. This really couldn't be further from the truth. The VA and the OGC believe that they lack legal authority to settle government claims. The Rule 33 conference is a discussion between the appellant, the veteran or the survivor appears through their attorney if they've hired one, and the appellee's attorney at the VA Office of General Counsel. The conference is held uh, usually by telephone and is moderated by Veteran Court Central Legal Services staff attorney. The goal of the conference is to narrow the issue on appeal and, if possible, to see if the VA OGC will agree to a joint motion to vacate and remand agreed BVA errors and the board's decision. The discussion centers on the statement of issues submitted by the veteran or survivor or their attorney. This is a brief, no more than 10-page, double-spaced summary of the issues and errors the veteran or survivor intends to argue before the Court of, Court of Appeals for Veterans Claims. Rule 33 of the CAVC rules and procedures govern what is required to be in the statement and the format it must be in. If the VA OGC attorney agrees with you and the BVA decision contains errors, they will join you in filing a motion to vacate the BVA decision and remand it to the Board of Veterans Appears for re-adjudication. Um, CAVC brief. So if uh, the VA OGC attorney does not agree with that the BVA decision contains error, they will tell you in the Rule 33 conference that they will defend the BVA decision. And so here is the uh, CAVC briefing schedule.
Number one, principal brief. The veteran or survivor gets the first word and the principal or opening brief must be filed within 30 days from the date of the Rule 33 conference. The response brief, the secretary has 60 days to file his, resp his response brief responding to your arguments or raising his own legal arguments in defense of the BVA decision. And third, the reply brief. You have 14 days after the secretary files his, his response briefed at the CABC to file your, your reply brief. The reply brief should not rehash the arguments of your principal brief. The best reply briefs engage the secretary's arguments and rebuke them. So you keep countering what they keep throwing at you. Legal brief writing is an art form. That's true. Um, while Court of Appeals for Veterans Claims Rules of Practice and Procedure 28 has very strict rules about what should be in a brief and in what order those sections should appear, the purpose of the brief is to persuade a legal audience to provide the remedy you seek. The brief is structured around the CABC standard of review and the facts and arguments are carefully constructed to persuade a CABC judge who is typically very accomplished and experienced lawyer himself. An attorney will, exp will expense about 60 to 80 hours or more over several weeks constructing a persuasive brief. So, and, uh, the, then uh, CABC will hear oral argument uh, in two scenarios. When a party requests it or the court orders it sua uh, sponge or so in Latin means of its own accord and in is used uh, in the law to refer to a court's action without motion by a party. In a case where a party requests oral argument, it is not necessarily granted unless the court thinks that oral argument will help the court in reaching its decision. Oral argument is not a jury trial, it is not a presentation of evidence, and it is not an opportunity to lecture the court. An oral argument is an opportunity for the court and the lawyers before to before to engage in an exposition of the law applicable to the case to understand how the law impacts a particular set of facts, how a particular rule of law might affect a board number of cases, or how a particular issue fits into the broader body of jurisprudence, either in terms of veteran law before the Court of Veterans' Appeals, for veterans claims or federal appellate law and practice. For that reason, oral argument, while not forbidden in a single judge case, is most commonly used in a panel and in and, uh, bank appeals. A um, couple things that you should know about CADC decisions. There are three things uh, about decision of federal court of judges. The standard of review, the types of decisions, and the scope of relief. So the standard of review at the Court of Appeals for Veterans Claims, there are three of the more common standards of review. Finding of facts are reviewed for clear error. If a particular finding of fact in the record is plausible, even if the CABC judge might have found it differently, the CABC judge defers to the BVA finding of fact in the absence of a clear error. Conclusions of law, the BVA makes conclusions of law in every decision and when a party alleges there is that the conclusion is erroneous 
The CAVC reviews those conclusions of law on a de novo basis, which in Latin means from the beginning or anew. This means that the CAVC affords no difference to the BVA's interpretation of the law. The standard of review includes review of uh, constitutional errors and violations, statutory interpretations, regulatory interpretations, and rule of law conclusions by the BVA. An adequate reason and basis. This is a nuance uh, unique to veterans law. When a BVA judge makes a finding on a material issue of fact or law, that finding must be supported by adequate reasons and basis. Enough reasoning that the veteran or survivor can understand the BVA decision and so that the judicial review of fact or legal finding is not frustrated or speculative. The great majority of veterans court of appeals decisions and joint motions to remand are based on inadequate reasons and basis from the BVA. Harmful errors. Some BVA errors will not be disrupted or some BVA errors will not be disturbed by the CABC unless the appellant shows that he or she was prejudiced by the error. This requires a showing of how the outcome would have been different but for that error. The appellant court lean heavily on this rule to ensure that they do not inundate trial courts with decisions to fix factual determinations which might not impact the outcome. The harmless error rule is too broadly applied at the CABC and it is used and its use should be highly limited due to its complexity of the law and always changing facts and regulations. Um, so there are three broad types of relief in veteran court of IPO. So the Court of Federal Appeals can take three actions on your IPO, sometimes combining more than one form of relief. So they could affirm? And the CABC affirms a BVA decision when the veteran or surviving spouse has failed to meet his or her burden of persuasion that the BVA uh, erred applying the standard of review above. Remand, the Veterans Court of Appeals will either vacate or set aside a BVA decision and remand it to the BVA for re-adjudication when, for some reason or another, the record is not factually complete or the BVA failed to provide an adequate reason and basis for its decision. Reverse, when the CABC judge determines that the BVA has erred and the only permissible view of the evidence is that the BVA should have decided a particular fact or issue in the veteran or surviving spouse's favor, the veteran's court judge can reverse the BVA decision. These decisions are extremely rare. Refer. In certain limited situations where the Court of Veterans Appeals does not have jurisdiction over an issue or where the CABC does, does have jurisdiction but the veteran's court chooses not to exercise it at this time, the Court of Veterans' Appeals has the authority to refer the matter to the BVA for adjudication. This is incredibly rare, but we do see it from time to time in BVA decisions. Yeah, and um, also there are three types of decisions at the CABC or, or Court uh, of Appeals for Veteran Claims. A memorandum decision, also known as a single judge decision. The great majority of decisions are memdex, written by a single judge of, of the court. These decisions are non-presidential. Uh, 
while you can use their reasoning to argue that the veteran court should follow the law in your case. The CAVC judge is not bound by a single judge decision. The panel decision, a three-judge panel issue uh, a presidential decision of the veterans court. Cases come before a panel either by motion of party, typically after a single judge denies the case, but not necessarily or based on the decision of a CAVC judge that the matter is better resolved in the first place by a panel. The criteria that the CAVC used to, uses to decide whether or not the case is better decided by a single judge or a panel are the, or are the criteria laid out by the Frankel case. In bank decision is another Latin phrase and it refers to the full court. If a court sits in bank it means the entire court of judges sat to hear the case and participated in the outcome. These are very, very rare at the Veterans Court, and the Veterans Court makes edit plan in its rules that it does not favor requests for in-blank reviews. Types of cases are typically very important cases which either overrule a substantial past, uh, precedent or which set a substantial new precedent. Uh, so the CAVC can award your benefits, deny your claim, or send your case back to the BVA for a new decision. This is called a remand. If you lose your appeal with the Court of Appeals for Veterans Claims, your next avenue is to appeal to the Federal Circuit Court. If you lose your case there, the next step is to appeal to the United States Supreme Court. If you win your appeal with the CAVC, the VA does have the right to appeal the decision. Mwah, mwah. So that's it, guys, for this uh, complicated podcast. Uh, thank you for listening. And as thank always, you uh, do you have any book or movie to recommend? Mm. Off the top of my head, the only thing I could think of is the Power of Ten X-Men comic books that came out. <laughs> They're pretty cool, though. I don't know if I mentioned them before, but I think it's like on issue three now. They're cool. And a uh, quote of words of wisdom of the day. It is fatal to enter a war without the will to win it. Said by Douglas Mark Arthur. That's it, folks. Thanks for listening. Until next time, over and out. Thank you, guys. <laughs>